0: Because you know what, When there's nothing more joyful than when you get to share your faith and give an account for the hope that's on the inside of you. There's nothing, I mean, you're, you're going to be so filled with joy. you show me a soul winner, I'm going to see a joyful person.
1: Hallelujah. All right. All right, all right. Man. Look at all these beautiful people showed up here today. I mean, all you guys that raised your hand last night, people of your word. That's awesome. Everybody's stoked to be here. Come on. I like this church. Praise the Lord. How many feel like you received something last night? Yeah. How many feel fired up today? Energized, revived, renewed, empowered. Amen? Hallelujah. So I'm not going to take a long long time this morning, but I want to give you just some foundation scriptures that we're going to stand on. And, and really what I want you to, my desire is that you, you catch this weekend and it becomes a part of your DNA and a part of your daily life. And this is not just something that you you know, have to force, but it's something that just flows freely from your life because, you know, when when freely we've received, now freely that we give out of what we received. And, you know, um, it's it's one thing to know about the power of God and experience the touch of God and, and His presence and His fire, but it's it takes you to a whole nother level when you begin to operate and release that power that you've been given. When you begin to go out, of yourself just outside of the touch that God's placed on your life but when you begin to release what he's put in you and and something happens there's like uh there's an excitement that takes place and um there's like uh it kind of takes you to a whole nother level in your walk with the Lord and not only in your relationship but just there there becomes like this passion for life And like this urgency on the inside of you and where where life was just well, I go to work and then I have the weekends off and it's kind of can get mundane or whatever. But when you become a soul winner, man, every day is like you never know anything can happen and probably will because you never know how God is going to use you when you wake up in the morning. You know, last night I talked about being sensitive to the Holy Spirit where you're at on a daily basis. And just being sensitive to his promptings, and and sometimes you know you'll find yourself, man. You, uh, wh- why am I here today? Like, something you went somewhere for one thing, but it didn't work out, or they didn't have it. But if but you could stop and just say, you know what, Holy Spirit, I'm here. Use me why am I here today? It didn't work out to the way I wanted it to work out, but there's a reason why I'm here. Show me who I can speak to today. Give me, Put somebody in front of me. Show me the person that I'm here for today. And I promise you, when you begin to move in this realm, there will become an, an excitement, and there will be, be an urgency, and there will be a passion that explodes on the inside of you where life won't just be mundane, but it will be exciting every day. It's something, God has something for you every day. God has somebody for you to reach. And so, you'll begin to see people the way that he sees people. And you won't just see people, you'll see souls, and you'll you'll carry eternity on the inside of you. Amen? Amen. So so go with me to, to Mark chapter 16, verse 15. The Great Commission. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Every creature. If, if it moves, if it looks like a creature, I'm going to preach to it. Amen? <laughs> he that believeth <laughs> and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Say, that's me. That's me. I'm, a I'm a believer. In my name shall they cast out devils, and they shall speak in new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and set down at the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached where? Everywhere. The Lord working with them. Remember, we talked about the greater one, greater is he that is in you, that the, the, that the Lord wasn't going to leave us as orphans. He's going to send us another one, the comforter that he's going to be with us, but not only with us, but in us. Amen. So when you go out today, you do not go alone. Obviously, we're going to go out two by two and we're going to go reach people. But you are not going in your own strength and your own ability You have the greater one, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So it's Christ in you, the hope of glory, that you're going to go carry to a lost and dying world today. So when you begin to open your mouth by faith today and share the good news with somebody, signs, wonders, and miracles are going to take place because it says here, the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following so when we that's why the 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 we have the gospel soul-winning script that we're gonna share with you today, because the signs follow the preaching of the word. So when you when you begin to share the word of God with somebody, it's the word of God that goes forth and it's like a fire and like a hammer that breaks the hardness of people's hearts into pieces. So when the word of God goes forth, it like begins to unlock that person's heart to receive. What God has for them. So signs follow the preaching of the words. And that's why we have the gospel soul winning script. Because it's the word of God. It's 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 two questions. Three scriptures. Uh, a prayer and an invitation. Who thinks they can do that? Everybody say two questions. Two questions. Three scriptures. Three scriptures. An, invitation. an invitation. Oh, excuse me. A prayer, a prayer. and an invitation. An invitation. Alright. I think you guys got it. So preaching the gospel is a is a command. You know, we talked about Jesus how he commanded them to to tarry, right? For the Holy Ghost last night. Well, he commanded his disciples to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So so as believers when you receive from heaven, you receive the power of the Holy Ghost, you receive Jesus as Lord and as, as your Savior, then we have a command to go and, and share what we've been given. You know, and think about what you've been given. Man, we have, we have the, the blood of Jesus. We, we've been given the awesome Holy Ghost. We've been given the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name. And we've been given the word of God, which he magnifies above his name. So you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing, everything that we need for life and godliness, you have received. Now we just have to go and release what we received. You just got to jump on that wave. You know, when Pastor was talking about how he feels that in the spirit, I know what he's saying because there's nothing like catching uh you know i i moved to florida from hawaii and i used to catch huge waves i mean massive waves lived on the north shore of hawaii and would surf some of the biggest waves in the world and the power and the energy and the feeling that you feel when you get up on that wave it's like nothing like it's breathtaking it's like going uh how many been to like disneyland or 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 somewhere like that, and you ride the roller coasters, and you go, you you go over that, and it's like as soon as you go over, it like takes your breath away. Well, that's what surfing's like, but you have nothing holding you in, right? You have nothing to hold on to. You have nobody to hold on to. You're by yourself, but. You know, it's very when when I'm surfing and I'm about to catch a wave, I start to paddle for that wave, and you can feel the energy, and it's coming. The Pacific Ocean, man, there's it's nothing. I mean, you know, I've surfed Cocoa Beach many times and things like that, but there's nothing like the Pacific Ocean. You know, and then like South Africa, you know, in Cape Town, and these areas, just monster waves. You know, such power, such energy, and it's very, it's it gets nerve wracking. It can get scary at times, but. If I don't go and paddle for that wave, there's no chance I'm going to catch that wave. I'm not going to catch that wave just sitting there because it's just going to pass me by, right? I have to do something, right? So when I begin to paddle for that wave, it's scary, and it's big, and it's gnarly, and it looks like a giant, right? And so I begin to paddle, but by faith, I'm going to paddle into this wave, right, right? not knowing what's gonna happen. Am I gonna make the drop? Am I gonna get drilled into the reef? There's all these things and scenarios that could take place. But I have my mind made up that I'm just gonna charge. Everybody say charge. Charge. And so I begin to paddle with all my might, and I just throw myself over, literally sometimes falling from the lip, 25 feet in the air, right? And it's just like, but when I throw myself into that wave, And then I make the drop and I stand up and then that wall of water comes over my head and I'm standing. There's no greater feeling. There's no great. And it's the same thing with winning souls. It seems intimidating. You might think, well, it's not for me. I can't do it. But I'm telling you, you can. You just have like we talked about last night. You have to throw yourself out of the boat. Everybody say throw myself out of the boat and then blow the boat up. up. Blow it up. There's nothing to go back to. And so that's what happens, man. You I, you make that drop. It's scary. It's crazy. But I throw myself over the edge, and when I do, and I make the drop, and I stand in that wave and on that barrel, and you feel that speed and that energy, man. There's no. There's. There, that's why I I don't even I can't. I'm not really impressed with theme parks or anything. And especially after I tasted of the Holy Ghost, man, I just want to be in the house of God. I just want to be where the wave of the Holy Ghost is. I just want to ride the wave of the Holy Ghost. And in fact, when I started encountering the power and presence of God and started winning souls, I don't even have, a I still love surfing, but it's not my greatest passion anymore. Because riding, the, there's nothing, even as great as the Pacific Ocean is, there's nothing like catching the wave of the Holy Spirit spirit man and when you catch the wave of the holy ghost there's no telling where he's going to take you what he's going to do with you and what he'll do through you amen Amen. Hallelujah. hallelujah praise the lord okay so soul winning it's 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 not a it's not a program like your pastor told you, this isn't just a, an event that we're doing here for the weekend. This is something that you are going to carry, that you're going to walk in. It's going to be a part of your daily life. It's not a program, but it's a passion. Everybody say passion. passion. I love this. 2 Corinthians 5.11 in the in the Passion Translation. It says, since we are those who stand in holy awe of the Lord, we make it our passion to persuade others to turn to Him. Passion. You know, true true compassion has a sense of urgency. When you see somebody about to go over the uh, over a cliff, you're not just going to, you know, you're going to have some kind of urgency. You're going to reach out. You're going to grab them. You're going to pull them back. You know, there's a sense of urgency when you see somebody going the wrong direction or going the wrong way. And that's what Jesus carried on his ministry. He had such compassion, and that's why he was able to do the work that he did because he was full of compassion for the people. And when you catch the heart of God and when you catch this wave of the Holy Spirit, you too will become compassionate compassionate to see people the way that he sees people. Amen. Hallelujah. So 2 Corinthians 5, 18. And God has made all things new and reconciled us to himself and given us the ministry of reconciling others to God. So you didn't even know you have a ministry. You have the ministry that God has given you of reconciliation. Everybody say, I have a ministry. If you didn't know you have a ministry, you are being deputized today to have a ministry. You know, think about just God, His name. Half of God's name is go, the other half is do. You know, I love what Brother Lester Summerall, he he used to say that he would, uh, he said a rocking chair has a lot of action, but it doesn't go anywhere. You can't reach people in a rocking chair. You got to get out to where the people are. Isn't that awesome? So it has a lot of action, but we, we actually got to go and do something. And, and I know we've been saved by, by grace, right, through faith. But, but once we're saved, it's time to get to work. It's, it's not about works, but once we're saved, okay, let's get to work. Let's go. There's, there's people to reach. There's people that are lost, that are dying. Think about where the Lord has brought you from. Think about what he's done in your life. Think about how far he's carried you and the goodness of God in your life. Why would we not, why would we want to keep that to ourselves? There's other people that need to know how good God is. There's other people that need to know that God is alive. God is real. And he's alive and he's real on the inside of you. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So John 4, 35 and 36. You know the saying: four months between planting and harvest. But I say, wake up and look around. Everybody say, wake up. up. The fields are already ripe for harvest. The harvesters are paid good wages. And the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. Man, don't say four months until harvest. It's harvest time. Harvest time is now. Lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes. Look and see. The fields are white. There's people waiting for you. Waiting for you because you carry the good news. That's why the Bible says, how beautiful are the feet that bring good news. Look at your neighbor's feet and say, you got beautiful feet. Somebody said, man, I had to say that by faith. <laughs> no, but, but how, how, can, how can people go unless they've been sent? And how can people hear unless there's a preacher, unless there's somebody to tell them? How beautiful are the feet of those that bring good news? What's good news? It's good news. Who doesn't like good news? Who likes bad news? Nobody. But we have good news to share with a lost and dying world. People need all you turn on the TV bad news. You turn on social media, bad news. You know, nothing. Bad news, bad news. People need good news now more than ever. Think about even during the lockdown and and COVID and all this stuff. I mean, thank God we were in Florida and it wasn't as harsh as some places. But man, some places that we traveled to during the lockdown, it was a nightmare. It was like going back in time. It was crazy. People need good news. And that whole time, everybody is just bombarded with bad news every day. Fear, Bad news, death, you know, constantly bombarding them. Man, it's time for the body of Christ to rise up and say, no, enough is enough. We have good news. Today, we're going to preach the good news. Today, we're going to bring the life of God. Today, we're going to share the love of God. You don't have to live in fear because my God is a healer. You don't have to stay in bondage because my God sets free. My God set me free. If he did it for me, he can do it for you. Amen. So the world needs good news. And I'll just share you a couple of testimonies about about myself, you know, because the Bible says that he who wins souls is wise. Wise. You know, you can pray for wisdom and you should. And I pray for wisdom daily. But there's something about the wisdom of God that really accelerates and comes upon your life in in a greater way, way when you're winning souls. There's like wisdom attached to winning souls because the Bible says he who wins souls is wise. Show me a wise person and I'll show you a soul winner. And this is for every area of your life, businessman and woman. It doesn't, I'm not talking about people that are in ministry. You need wisdom for, for your family, for your children, for your job, for your marriage, what, whatever. We need wisdom for every area of our lives. And this soul-winning mentality is, is what we attach to every area. It's not just that we do it's a program we're going out today. No, this is daily. We attach this to our lives because as we go out and we win souls for the kingdom of God, as we take care of his house, we know that he's going to take care of our house. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So um, my, my wife and I, just to show you, you know, I, I shared last night, I'm not, a, I'm not a soul winner because I'm a, I'm a preacher. I'm a soul winner because I'm a believer, and it's the work that God did in my heart, right? And so just just so you know, I just want to share a couple of testimonies that's going to encourage you this morning. We were in uh, California a couple of years ago, and uh, we, we just had a day off, and we were like, you know what? Let's go to um, L.A. Fitness. I want to see because they have the most gyms around America and when travel, we travel we wanted something that we could have you know the gyms that we could use the most in every state or whatever and so we went to LA Fitness to go see what their memberships were like and we sat down at the table and there there's a, a, a young guy that sat down with us to sell us some memberships and uh, we began to talk and then like all of a sudden like I don't know what happened but it was like the the very atmosphere just changed while we're sitting there and I realized that I'm not here to get a membership. I'm here for this guy. And we were just going out to dinner and we stopped and we the the, the place where we ate was right next door to LA Fitness. And uh, I was like, all of a sudden I realized that I'm here for this young man. And so I'm like, you know, well, I had a membership here before, he gave me the rates. I'm like, well, I had a membership here before that. He's like, oh, and that wasn't the right, you know, I had a cheaper price or whatever. He's like, oh, let me look you up in the system. He's like, oh, well, you know what? I don't know. Let me see what I can do. I'm going to go get my, I'm just the manager. Let me get the GM. And so he goes and gets the general manager, and then they're both, the manager and the general manager, sitting down. This is their uh, el- the elite club. It's like the number one club in America. It's the biggest L.A. fitness, and uh, it's, it's an, it was an amazing place. And so they're sitting there, and these young guys, very, they're very successful. And uh, the power of God is just so strong in L.A. fitness, and uh, so we're sitting there, and I don't even know how it happened. But all of a sudden, I just begin to share my testimony. Oh, no, because they've been, at, you know, they're trying to sell me. So they start asking me, well, what do you do? Where are you guys from? Well, I'm like, well, we don't live here. And they're like, well, what do you do? You know, well, we, we travel and, and we, we minister. We're, we're missionaries. We're evangelists. Well, well, what does that mean? What is that? What is that? You know? So we just begin to share. what Well, basically, you know, we just go around. We tell people about Jesus, how good he is, how awesome he is. And then I just went right into my testimony. I begin to share my testimony. And then I, I went through the gospel soul winning script and begin to preach the gospel to him. And as I did, the manager starts shaking in his chair uncontrolled. Now, there's eight other desks around. Everybody's There's all these people signing up for memberships. The gym's packed, Right. And so the guy's shaking in his chair. And he starts shaking uncontrollably. And then the tears just start falling down his face. And he begins to cry. I'm, and I'm not exaggerating. I mean, he's literally shaking in his chair like this. And he just baw- his, he's just pouring out right there in the middle. And, I, and then I just said, that's the power of God on you. And everybody turns around and, and looks at my wife and I sitting at the table. I said, that's the power of God on you right now. I was like, there's a call of God on your life. And I said, I don't know your history, but, but something happened and you walked away from God and God has a plan of purpose. He's like, yeah, that's true, that's true, that's me. <laughs> and so I said, I said I'm i gonna pray with both of you right now. This is a divine appointment. God sent us here today for you two. And the, the general manager, they're roommates. And, and the GM says, we drove to work this morning and we lit up a, a joint and we were smoking a joint in the vehicle on the way to work today. And we looked at each other and we said, there's got to be more to life than this. And I can tell you countless testimony. I'll, I'll, I'll give you another one. OK. Uh, <laughs> like you, you can't you can't make that stuff up. You can't. Uh, my wife and I, and this is just stuff in our in our daily lives. We're out on the on the wave runner in the intercoastal one day. We're out on our wave runner. We're going out. We're just cruising. My wife and I are going to go cruise. We're going to go find like a. We're going to go up to Caladisi Island. We're going to find like a little private area and just cruise at the beach all day and have a lunch, and whatever. And it's my wife and I on the ra- wave runner, and we're going. And then all of a sudden, under the uh, the pass, I see out of the corner of my eye, I see somebody people are like waving like oh are they holding on to the oh okay so they were in inner tubes and ropes right and they're 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 connected to each other and then there's one person holding on to the structures under the the uh the Clearwater Pass where where we live and uh I was like oh my gosh and I saw the person wave for help and then I see the people in inner tubes and and like totally frantic like they're about to drown right so we we just go we zoom over and we go pick we go pick them up rescue them then we pick the others up and they were they were literally about to drown they didn't have any life jackets they had got they were just going out to have fun well the current ripped them out and they got sucked out away they were way away from the shore and they're out there and the, the um, they're in these little inflatables and they were not they were not inflated very well yeah they were sinking. And so it, it was just, it was really bad. And you could see the panic and the fear in their eyes when we got over to them. I mean, it was just total panic, total fear. We picked them up, rescued, went and got the other ones, took them all to shore. And then we got to the, to the shoreline, and um, they were saying, the guy was like, you told me this was going to be fun. And there, and there was like <laughs> one guy and like four girls. You said this was going to be fun. You know, I could hear them all talking to each other, yelling at each other and stuff. And they're like, man, I was like, well, you guys don't even have life jackets. And, and then the girls looked at the guy and they were like, we don't even have life jackets. <laughs> and I said, hey, but let, me, let me just ask you guys, because I don't I, I, I don't anybody could have picked you guys up today. But I believe there was a reason that I picked you up today. And I believe that I, I wasn't I, I was like uh, there, uh, there was a, like I'm not I'm not the lifesaver, but there is a you know, I know maybe I saved your lives today or whatever. We, my wife and I saved your life. But there was a lifesaver that saved my life. And let me tell you about Jesus. And I've been getting to go into the gospel soul winning script. Let them all to the Lord on the beach right there. Just all four of them right there on the beach. It was a divine appointment. And that was just in our pleasure, you know? I could have easily said, oh, somebody will go get these guys or whatever. Or I could have just rescued them and been a nice guy and then then let them go. But no, I take every opportunity. And that's what true compassion does. It has a sense of urgency. You take every opportunity. If somebody, man, I love when Jehovah Witness come to my door, you know. (laughs) I, I love when people come to my door because, especially Jehovah's Witness, because they're about to, they, they open the door and I say, hey, how's it going today? Has anybody ever told you how much God loves you and he's got an awesome plan for your life? And they're like, <laughs> because that's what they came for, right? To try to, to try to tell me. But, you know, it's like you have that compassion when people come over and they're doing work on your house or, you know, with the delivery guys or whatever, It's just, you know, everybody, you give everybody an opportunity to hear the gospel. And if they receive it, awesome, praise God. If they don't receive it, no worries. You are just the delivery man. You are just the delivery person. You just carry the message. You know, when Amazon comes to your house, they're not worried about it. They don't wait around and see if you like the package. They don't see if you like what you ordered. They just deliver the package, drop off the message, and then go on their way. And that's our job as believers. We can't get caught up as, like, well, what if they don't like it? What if they don't like what I? Oh, oh, well, it doesn't matter. That's our job is just deliver the message. We are messengers. Amen. Amen. So so I know it, it can get you, you can't get caught up into what people are going to think. You have to throw all that out the window. And, and some people, they're, they're, you're going to get rejected. But Jesus reject was rejected. Jesus was rejected. If he was rejected, if he was persecuted, you're going to be rejected and persecuted. And you can't let that affect you. You just got to go, okay, because you know what? Maybe maybe you got rejected here, but this person's heart's wide open over here. you know. So you never know who you're going to come across. Amen? Hallelujah. Uh, Let me give you this testimony because this will really encourage you. So I I shared this with your pastors last night. There was a... um, Eight year old boy in, in a meeting in, in California. And basically, he, he said in a soul winning training, just like this. And afterwards, he went over the gospel soul winning script with my wife and he started working on it with my wife. And then we went out after service right away into the streets and we went into this, um, uh, like a mobile home park or a trailer park or whatever. Well, him and another eight year old girl, they went and they they went door to door by themselves. Their parents stood at the street and they led 12 people to the Lord that day. First time ever, eight years old. And they all by themselves just standing at the door reading the gospel soul winning script. So then, fast forward a couple months later, it's the, pa- it's the pastor's um, son of the of the church there. And uh, I get a text from the pastor's wife like two months later. And she sends me a picture. And, and, and Matthew, the 8-year-old, he gets like this plaque from school for being like a great, uh, something about telling everybody about Jesus. He goes to a private school. But he gets an award for telling everybody about jesus in his school so what happened was he they have an assembly for their entire school right and their principal's up addressing everybody and as he's addressing everybody when he gets done matthew stands up and asks the principal if he could address all the students and the principal for whatever reason lets him go and address the students and he gets up in the microphone in front of the entire school pulls out the gospel soul winning script Starts reading the gospel to the entire school. The entire school raises their hands to give their life to the Lord. Eight years old. So, so the the principal they call uh, called the pastors and they said, where where did Matthew learn to do? To, to win souls like this. This is amazing. He tells everybody about Jesus. I mean, he, to the point where his mother told me that she'll be out at the swimming pool at their condo or whatever, and that she'll just be talking to somebody, and Matthew will come up and say, Mom, did you tell them about, did you lead them to the Lord? And and, and she'll be like, uh, No, son, I, I, I haven't done that yet. And he, was, and he said, Gosh, Mom, why are you so scared? And then they're like, just walk off. But... So, so, it, so it's so awesome because the, the principal called the, his parents and said, you know, uh, where did Matthew learn to do this? And then what happened was he said, well, I just wanted to let you know that we're having a meeting with the board of, the, of education next week, and we're going to present to them that we're going to make uh, soul winning a part of the curriculum for all the students to learn during their chapel days. Isn't that awesome? Eight years old, eight years old, turned his whole school upside down. If anybody, if, if he can do it, you can do it. I'll, I'll just tell you real quickly, just one recently, just a few days ago, we were out at a, at a friend's uh, swimming pool a, in their condo. And we were in the, at, at the pool, and then I came out of the pool because I was leaving to go meet another friend. My wife was staying, and I walked outside the, the gate of the pool. There was a security guard sitting there, and she was sitting there just like this with her leg up, and she was resting against a pool uh, a pole. And so I walked by, and I saw her, and I, and, and I was quickened as soon as I saw her. And I just walked by her, and I said, and I had to go meet somebody, right? I'm on my way to go meet somebody. Somebody was texting me, like, hey, you coming? I said, I said yeah, I'm on my way right now. I get up. I'm going outside the pool. I see the lady sitting there, and then I'm quickened, and I, and I look at her, and I say, man, it's a tough job, but, you know, somebody's got to do it, you know, because she's just sitting there resting or whatever, just joking, and she smiled, and she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm just taking a rest. And she had an accent, and I noticed her accent. I said, are you, are you from Haiti? She says, yeah, I'm from Haiti. I said, what's your name? She said, Mercy. I said, Mercy, that's a beautiful name. I said, hey, Mercy, has anybody ever told you how much God loves you and he has a wonderful plan for your life? And she says, uh, she says yes, I, yes, they have. And I said, do you know for sure if you were to die today that you would go to heaven? And she said, um, she said, oh, I'm working on that. I'm working on that. I said, well, let me quickly share with you what the Holy Bible says. And I shared the gospel with her, right? And as soon as I shared the gospel with her, I said, uh, Mercy, I'm going to say a quick prayer of blessing for you and your family after I shared the gospel. And she, I said, would that be all right with you? She said, she goes, oh my God, oh my God, thank you, God. I said, what's happening? What's happening? She's literally yelling like that with her hands up. She goes, I was just sitting here and I said, Oh God, please, if you could send somebody to pray for me. So so I was like, wow, that's amazing. So I, I prayed, I said, you know what, I am gonna pray for you, mercy, but first I want you to say this prayer with me, believe it in your heart, confess it out loud with your mouth. And I led her to the Lord right there, right? She she said, and she says, she, I said, okay, now what do you need prayer for? She says, my, my, my knees, they hurt so bad, and I work the security job, and I have to stand up and walk around, and I, can, I can't stand for very long. That's why I'm sitting here resting right now with my leg up. So then I, then I prayed for her knees. The power of God comes on her. She starts raising her hand right there. Oh, thank you, Jesus. People are coming out of the gym, coming out of the pool. Everybody's just kind of like, you know, like this, but we're having revival right here, <laughs> and it was awesome. And the Lord totally touches her. Her legs start kicking out. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. She's kicking her legs. And the Lord totally, t- I said, where's the pain? She says, it's all gone. It's all gone. No pain. No pain at all. So this is just something when I'm going about my, my daily life, I'm going about my business. But God is using me as I go, as I'm faithful and I'm sensitive to the unction of the Holy Ghost. Say, I have an unction from the Holy One. I know all things. So when I, I'm, I'm quick and as soon as I see the woman, the Holy Spirit highlights her to me and I stop even though I'm late and I'm trying to go meet somebody. I'm sensitive to that and then a miracle takes place. A miracle of salvation and a miracle of healing. Amen? So the power of God is the gospel. The, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Romans 1.16, I am unashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. What is salvation? Healing, deliverance, freedom, joy, peace. Everything we need is found in salvation. So as the gospel, the gospel goes forth, she not only got saved, but she gets healed in her physical body. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Come on. God wants to use Say, say God wants to use my hands, use my, my mouth, mouth, and my feet. Come on up, baby. Amen.
0: Hallelujah. How many know God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind? Everybody say, no fear lives here. Amen. The Bible says that the wicked flee when no man pursues them, but the righteous are bold as a lion. You carry boldness on the inside of you. And I just want to share with you a little bit just my testimony and how I overcame, because I know, you know, some of you, this might be your first time out, you might say, oh, you know, we might be, feel a little apprehensive about it, but I'm going to tell you what, if you yield today, <laughs> you're going to step over into a place that you never thought possible, and everything that my husband was talking about, that's going to be the life that you're going to live every day, the excitement, the joy, because, you know what, when there's nothing more joyful than when you get to share your faith and give an account for the hope that's on the inside of you. There's nothing, I mean, you're, you're going to be so filled with joy. You show me a soul winner, you're, I'm going to see a joyful person. Somebody that's winning souls is always joyful, always on fire. If you're having a bad day, and, and we say this all the time, if you're having a bad day, go out, find somebody to lead to the Lord. Your day will turn around like that, you know. So how many know, like, I was just sitting there thinking, like, how blessed are we? I'm so blessed because, I mean, I was raised in a Christian home, and so I kind of already, you know, I was was blessed. I never really knew what it was like not to have Jesus. But I was thinking about the people that have never had Jesus. And I don't know where I would be if I didn't have Jesus. I mean, even just this last year— you know, people are in so much fear. So, you know, they, they don't know where their future lies. They have no hope. But when you have that hope on the inside of you, it's that anchor, right? And, and you're stable in him. I mean, I, I just don't know what it would be like. And so I really started asking the Lord when I was young to give me a passion for the lost. And that started to happen to me. I started Because it's really a work that the Holy Ghost does on the inside of you. He gives that passion. He gives that compassion that my husband was talking about. That, that's from God. That's the heart of God. And when you seek after that and you say, I, I'm hungry for that, God, give me a passion for the lost. He will begin to do that. He, it's a work that, that just that grows on the inside of you. And so basically what I'm saying is we are a, a room full of bless. Every single person in this room has so much wealth and blessing on the inside of you. And you have exactly what the world needs. They're looking for it. You might walk up to some people today where you're going to walk up to them and they have a glazed look on their face. Or maybe a mean look on their face. And I'm going to encourage you right now, don't whatever you see, don't let that hinder anything that you do. Step out in faith. Because, uh, and you're going to see it time and time again, the minute you open your mouth and you start to, to preach the word of God, and they receive prayer and then pray with you, their whole countenance changes. So you cannot look with your eyes in the natural. You can't. You cannot look at anything. I've gone up to doors before, knocked on a door, and just quick testimony to throw in, this this young guy answers the door and he was rough. Okay, he <laughs> was really rough and I'm standing there. You're always going to have a partner. Okay, you're never going to be alone. We always go two by two. So my partner was there. You never go inside, but I'm standing there. I'm talking to him and all of a sudden he says something to me and I knew it was, you know, he, he's under the, the power of the, the enemy. So it says something to me. That the, the enemy's trying to throw me off by what he says because it was like, huh? like my mind goes, well, well, you know what I did? I continued with the script. I pretended like I didn't even hear what I just heard. I continued with the script. And um, long story short, the guy, he receives the Lord. He gets saved. We were having a, um, there was a tent meeting that night. I invited him to come. He shows up. And then he answers the altar call again that night. The, the person that was ministering gives him a prophetic word. He was a, a backslidden pastor's kid, has a call of God on his life. What would have happened if I didn't go? What would have happened if I would have let fear get in or what he did stop me or hinder me? He wouldn't have got what he got, the breakthrough. So what I'm saying is that you're, you're carrying people's breakthrough on the inside of you. You have the, the keys that unlocks their very breakthrough. And all you have to go and do is open your mouth and speak. And we do have a tool for you that makes it very easy. It's foolproof. Like he was saying, eight-year-old kids, stand and read it. And they had it down. They were tag-teaming. One kid would read a paragraph, then the next kid. I mean, people are going to be captivated the minute that you start to to preach the gospel. Because like my husband was saying, the power of God, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. So when you open your mouth and you speak, you're not doing anything. It's the Holy Ghost on the words. And he begins to touch the heart of that individual. So it, um, I just want to share really quickly in Acts chapter 4. And just to, to pre- paraphrase it. Um, basically Peter and John. Uh, the They had called them in. They were getting in trouble for preaching. And this is the early church. The, the book of Acts church. The very first church. Um, they were getting in trouble. How many know that. Our circumstances in the world, basically, I mean, it's a different day, different story, but it's the same thing. Because the enemy would like to shut your mouth. The enemy would like to shut down the mouth of every believer because he knows that the minute that we open our mouth, the power of God is going to be released. So we don't shut our mouths. We are called to slay giants. You have it on the inside of you, the ability to slay the giants. When you start to take territory, the, the, the power of darkness begins to tremble. So it might not even look. You might not see with your eyes today everything that's taking place in the spiritual realm. But you're beginning to plow this ground. You're beginning to take territory. So they were telling the disciples, you need to be quiet. You don't talk about this Jesus. You don't do any, you know, just sit down and be quiet. And you know what they said? In verse 19 in Acts chapter 4, Peter and John replied to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you and obey and obey you rather than God, you must decide. But we ourselves cannot help telling what we have seen and heard. So they're saying, well, if it's whatever, you guys decide if, if you think it's right or wrong, but we're not going to stop telling what we've seen and heard. And then they went their way, and then they went together and they said in verse 29 said now lord they were they were praying and they said observe the threats and grant your bondservants full freedom to declare your message fearlessly while you stretch out your hand to cure and to perform signs and wonders through the authority and power of your name and your holy child and servant Jesus and when they prayed the place which they were assembled was shaken and they were filled with the holy spirit and they continued to speak the word of god with freedom and boldness, and courage. They did not stop. They went harder, (laughs) and that's why we have the filling of the Holy Ghost. He fills. He fills us. We pour out to get filled. We pour out to get filled, and that's to be the life of the, the daily life of the believer, to stay continually filled with him, and then that boldness. So you, you, you can see here, too, they prayed for boldness, You can pray, ask the Lord for boldness. He will give it to you. They said, grant us a spirit of boldness. And they got it. (laughs) And they never stopped. They never shut up. They never sat down. And so that's what we're going to do today. We're taking territory. And, you know, so I'll just share really quickly um, with the script. I had the privilege of going with my pastor um, to New York. My pastor went to Madison Square Garden. I got to go on the streets of New York for three months during that crusade. Um, I was in Bible school at the time, but I had never really, I had led some, like when I was growing up, I had a passion for for the lost, and so I would try to lead my friends to the Lord, but I'd scare them with hell, and (laughs) I'd scare them into salvation, but um, (laughs) so when I went to New York, it was the first time I had the script, and how many know New Yorkers can, I don't know if anyone in here has been to New York, but okay, okay, so, you know, it's a fast pace. It can be a little scary, and the people can be a little intimidating. <laughs> it, it's a different giant. So, um, anyways, we we're, we're sitting in a soul, train, soul winning train, just kind of like this, and I got the script, and I, I, you know, I tried to memorize it as much as I could, but I didn't have very much time. So, I took my script out, and I, I mean, so now we're going into action, which we're, we're going to have in a little while. Action. Get into action <laughs> because you have to basically throw yourself over. Like my husband was talking about the way that's how I always felt when I was surfing, just like flung over, like, whoa, and then you just feel the wave going and probably could hear me screaming when I'm going down the wave. <laughs> but um, so I'm just standing there with a scripture. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. I thank you, Lord, for boldness. My knees are shaking. I'm like shaking, okay, because I'm not really like a super outgoing where I'll just walk up to a stranger, I mean, most people, you know, so, (laughs) so my knees are shaking. I'm like, oh, okay. So I just see people walking by and I just remember this, the first guy, I was just like finally got the, the boldness. And I said, no, in the name of Jesus. And I jump out in front of him. (laughs) And I'm like, and so I just said, (laughs) I'm like standing here. He's like, oh, (laughs) I surprised him. Yeah. So, um, but I, I just stood there and I read the script. And he's bowing his head with me the next minute I know, and he's praying. Receives Jesus. And I'll tell you what, after that, it was over. I was crazy. I, I had this boldness come on me. I mean, I was doing stuff by the time that we were done in New York. I mean, literally walk up like a whole gang of big dudes. Like doing their dancing or whatever in the in the middle of this park, right in the middle of them, probably like fifteen or twenty of them. I have something to say to you. They turn the music off and they just look at me, and I have a captivated audience because it's the power of God. They're like, "What is this?" <laughs> you know. So I was doing stuff that I would never do. I would be there. Be we'd be on Wall Street and people like in suits walking down the street with their phones. Stop them. Lead them to the Lord. Grab the phone. Can I talk to the person on the phone? Then lead the person on the phone to them. I mean, you're just like spreading. You're scattering. You're scattering seeds. Yeah. <laughs> so by the time I left New York, it was about three months. I I led uh, just under a thousand people to the Lord in that summer, and it it changed my life forever. So that's what God wants to do with each and every one of you, and whether you're you're spending like. Um, you know, you have set days where you go out on the streets, that's one thing. Or like my husband was saying, it's just your everyday life, wherever you're at. You have a realm of influence and people that I will never meet, but they're around you for a reason, and God wants to use you. So I would encourage you today, just jump in, jump in, ride that wave. I'm telling you, your life will never be the same. Amen. I'm
1: just so glad to be a part of the family. No matter what you're going through, I got you, and you got me too. Part of the family.